Somebody shout foolproof. All right, so we're going to ask the right questions so we can make the right decisions. And the question that we've been asking is, is what is what, everybody? Say that one more time. What is it, everybody? What's the wise thing to do? And how many have been asking that question just in your daily life? Uh, I can't help but ask that question. I see three hands. Pray, pray for the church. How many want to do the wise thing? All right. Just, all right. Just talk back to me. All right. The wise thing. And remember, we're juxtaposing. That means we're putting beside this question against what we normally ask. And what we normally ask is, what is the right thing to do? The problem with asking what, the, what is the right thing to do is you are smart enough to lie to yourself and make things right. Matter of fact, if you have to ask yourself, is this right or wrong? That's generally, that's generally a good sign that you're in, the, you're in the danger zone, all right? Is this right or wrong? Uh, even unsaved people who don't know God know the, know the difference between right and wrong. Did you know that? Everybody has a conscience. Even if they've never been in church, the Holy Spirit speaks to everybody. Amen. And one of the things we need to understand is that uh, just because folks have sense uh, don't mean that it's common. Most folks don't have common sense. Say amen. We struggle in making wise decisions. And, and, and here's the thing. There's a burden of, of mine. My wife and I talk about this all the time. A lot of us spiritualize. Spiritualize decisions. Do you know what I mean when I say spiritualize? I'm trying to, we, we like, okay. So like on this subject that I'm about to talk about right here, this is one of those subjects that I hear a lot of folks spiritualizing some of the dumb decisions that they make. But unlike other decisions, to, to mess up in this area, and I want to be very clear. Let me stand right in the middle. All sin is sin. All sin is sin. No false doctrine coming from this pulpit. There's not one sin that's greater than the other. As a matter of fact, there is one. The Bible says, Jesus himself said, he said, every sin will be forgiven men except the sin against the Holy Ghost. There is a sin that, that is more grave. And the sin against the Holy Ghost is really just saying no to God so much that you get to a point where you can't say yes. So it encompasses everything. But I, I want to be very clear. We serve a God who is gracious and compassionate, who is long-suffering. The word says he is plenteous in mercy. How many know that to be your God? How many know that to be your God? That's exactly who he is. I did not always see God that way, especially in light of some of the mistakes I made concerning this subject. I did not always see God as gracious and mercy because I was taught as a child that God is pretty much ready to get you anytime you make a mistake in this area. We have elevated the area that I'm going to talk about today. We have elevated this area as the worst sin on the planet. We have let other stuff get, we've let folks get away with, with other stuff in church and not get away with this. We have made this the worst sin. Now, I want to be clear. This is not the worst sin, but it does have the worst consequences. Has the worst consequences. Now, I'm going to show you that in a minute. Are you all ready? Are you ready? So here's a question we want to ask. Let's go to the next one. Everybody read this. In light of my what? And my what? And my what? Oh, help us today. What is the wise thing for who? For me to do. And again, the emphasis is on me to do because what may be wise for you may not be wise for me. Would you say amen? All right. Y'all look nervous. All right. That's all right. We're going we're gonna to make it happen. Now, is Clara Paris here today? 
She's not? All right, I'm going to have to read it myself. All right. I'm going to have to read it myself. I'm so disappointed. I was hoping she was here. I'm going to do the best I can. I can't read it like she can read it. I mean, she almost, she read that thing almost, to, I fell off the stage the last time. Almost hurt myself. All right. Proverbs chapter 5, and I want to read in your hearing. The Bible says, my son, listen to my wisdom. Turn your what, y'all? Ear to my what? Uh-huh. The scripture says, verse 2, so you may know what is good thinking and your lips may keep much what? Verse 3, for the lips of a strange woman or man. In those days, it was pretty much a male-dominated society. But as we're reading this text today, in, this is also concerning strange men, too. Let the women say amen. amen. How many know there's not just strange women out there, but there's some strange dudes, too? Well, there might be some sitting in here right now. Verse 4, verse 4, verse 4, verse 4. But in the end, she is as bitter-tasting as wormwood. And as sharp as a sword that cuts both ways. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold of hell. Verse 6, she does not think about the path of life. Her way, her ways go this way and that, and she does not know it. Verse 7, now then, my sons, listen to me. Do not turn away from the words of my mouth. That's the second time Solomon said, listen up. Verse 8, keep far away from her. Young sisters, keep far away from him. I'm, uh, this, is, this, this text right here really gives us the real principle that I want to talk about today. It, it doesn't say play with it, play with him. It says keep far away from her or him. Now, I love this. Do not read that, y'all. Go near the door. <laughs> Verse 9, if you do, you would give <laughs> your strength to others. Somebody's living this right now. And your years to those without loving kindness. The scripture is saying that this is, is not, the, it's not, the, it's not the worst sin. God is not looking at this with more concern than other sins. But the consequences Men could put you in trouble for years. The Bible says, verse 10, strangers would be filled with your what? And the fruits of your work would go to a what kind of house? Verse 11, you would, it's about to get good, y'all. You would cry inside yourself when your incomes, when your flesh and body are wasted away. Verse 12, you would say, how I have hated teaching. My heart hated strong words. In other words, I, I regret what I've done. Verse 13, I have not listened to the voice of my teachers. That's what some folks are saying right now. I, I'm saying it. I have not turned my ear to those who would teach me. 14, now I have a bad name in the meeting place of the people. Verse 15, drink water. Let's look at Solomon's advice. Drink water. Come on, y'all. From your own pool. Uh, just bump your neighbor and say your own pool real quick. <laughs> say drink from your own pool. Flowing water from your own well. Lord help us. Don't even look at nobody. Somebody say, just shout in the air. Drink from your own well. Verse 16. 
Should the waters from your well flow away, rivers of water in the streets, verse 17, let them be yours alone and not for strangers with you. Verse 18, let your, let, let your well be honored and be happy with the wife you married when you were young. Lord have mercy. Verse 19, let her be like a loving female deer. Let her breasts please you at all times. Be filled with great joy always because of her love. Let's take a deep breath, saints. So we, got some, we got some children in here. That's all right. They need to hear it. Last night, we, my kids heard it last night. Lord have mercy. Uh, brothers and sisters, the Bible is, is, you know, it's amazing how people say to me, the Bible is boring. When, when we just read, oh, they, did they skip through the verse already? Y'all didn't want it on the screen that long, huh? 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 Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Verse 20, my son, why should you be carried away with a sinful woman? My daughter, why should you be carried away with a sinful man and fall into the hands of a strange man or woman? Verse 21, for the ways of a man are seen by the eyes of the Lord. And he watches all his paths. Verse 22, his own sins will trap the sinful. He will be held with the ropes of sin. That's bondage. What is that, everybody? That's bond. See, the Bible is telling us, yeah, all sin is sin, but lying may not get you in trouble like this one will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This thing will follow you. I know what I'm talking about, y'all. Verse 23, he will die for want of what? Huh? And will go the wrong way because of the greatness of his foolish ways. Y'all already know what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about, we want to talk about sex and how to make wise decisions. Now, uh, no need to, to have, if your kids are here, no need to have them to leave. Uh, they need to hear this one. They need to hear this one today. Um, go to the next slide. I'm not going to be able to cover everything I want to cover today. This is one of my favorite subjects in life. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Willie. Uh, but I preached a series in 2012 called Church Sex. There are about five sermons that you must hear, whether you are single, married, divorced, not interested, have grandchildren, or have children, you need to check this out, just go to gvillesda.org, and it's if you look in the in the category, it's from September 26, 2012, to November. Yes, almost a whole month we talked about sex in church. I wish they would have talked about it when I came up. You don't have to. It's gonna be quiet today. I see. The only thing I'm gonna be able to get out of you is a laugh because don't nobody want to talk back. All right, go to the next slide. Um, you know, anytime I see this. What's your reaction when you see that? I, that, I feel like, first of all, to me, my interpretation of this is 10 miles over. Actually, no, this means 70. That means 70. Yeah, on a highway, on a highway, when I see, and, and so does everybody else who's driving. I'm moving with the flow of traffic. Anybody? Y'all know about the rule? 
the rule of the flow of traffic. Now, even if ain't no traffic flowing, when I see 55, I feel like this is a gross mistake. This is ancient. This is outdated. And, I, and I, I'm going to confess right now that the only speed limit that I follow huh? What's, what's, what's the name of this ass of a school zone? That's it. I mean, I do have some sense. Come on, say amen. But, but especially, I mean, out of all the ones I despise, I despise 55, but, but I really despise these 25s all over Cleveland and the 35s. It's just ridiculous to me. I, but I get it because we're in the city. I'm not used to that. Cleveland is a city street city where I come from. You take the interstate to go everywhere. So it's always 55, but really 70. So the truth of the matter is, is most of us, when we see that, we, uh, we want to bend the rule. And how many of you, uh, if you're honest today, have gone above the speed limit and you're still here today? You, 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 no scars, nothing, nothing bad has happened to you. And be honest, somebody tell the truth. How many know if you see that again, you ain't going to follow 55? You, okay, just, be, just being real, okay. Let me talk to you a little bit about playing, playing with boundaries, I saw a movie, I saw a movie this week uh, called, uh, was it, uh, The Walk, The Walk. The movie is about uh, Philippe uh, Petit. In 1974, uh, this man, he's a wire walker. Uh, They had just completed the Twin Towers, and he decided he was going to walk a wire between the Twin Towers, 140 feet distance between each tower, and the distance from ground up was 100 floors, which is about 1,500 feet. All right? So mo- they say some folks that saw the movie actually threw up in the theater because they couldn't take seeing the heights. But as I saw it, even though I knew that it was a movie, but it actually did happen, I was amazed that somebody would risk their life just to walk on a wire. I mean... I mean, he, he said the thrill of walking on the wire is what he lived for. And I said, my God, if, if that does not relate to how we deal in the area of sexuality and morality, and I'm going to tell you, everybody in here, no matter how young you are or how old you are, oh, y'all not hearing me. Every breathing person in here walks on the wire to some extent. Our whole culture walks on the wire. We tell folk, don't, we don't, even in our culture, um, teen pregnancy is still looked at in a negative way, even in our culture. And I'm not talking about Christian or non-Christian. People see it as a public health issue, right? But At the same time, our culture is quite contradictory because we frown on that, but yet we put stuff on television, we produce music, we produce clothing, y'all not hearing me, that encourages behaviors that equal single parent mothers. You see what I'm saying? We, We live on the wire, but yet when we reap the consequences of the wire, when we reap the consequences of the mistakes we've made, we got issues. Let me show you some of the consequences. Go to the next slide. Let me show you some real quick. Number one, here's some of the consequences of making unwise decisions sexually. Kids growing up without a dad. All because of a decision. Number two, 
single parent struggles. All my single parents in here know what I'm talking about. Being a single parent is hard. I'm married and got two kids, and that's hard. I can only imagine how hard it is for you. It's hard, but a lot of it is a result of a decision. Men who can't think pure. Now, don't go to the next one yet. There are some brothers, the reason I know is because I've been there. Your every thought is impure. You looking and undressing everybody. No amens today. Don't worry. If anybody's visiting our church and wondering if we're a dead church or not, we're not. It's just that ain't nobody going to say amen today. I'm telling you in advance. All right? Next one. Next one. Unfair comparisons. There are sisters in here who do not see themselves the way God sees them because of unfair sexual comparisons to other women. There are little girls right now, there are little girls right now who are talking about having a fatty. And worried about whether they're thin enough. There are little girls right now, little girls, who are committing suicide because their body is not proportioned enough. Unfair comparisons. Y'all don't have to talk back to me if you want. Go to the next one. STDs. These are the consequences of one bad decision, STDs. If, st- if statistics are right, then somebody at least knows somebody in here or somebody in here may, and, and we, we thank God for his grace and for his mercy. We thank God for good doctors and for medication, but there are some people that have experienced this all because of a wrong decision. Are y'all still here today? Now, I, my, my suggestion to us today is that we take some extreme measures what, I'm gonna, what you're going to hear today is going to sound like old school, conservative, super traditional, and some of you are going to throw it out the minute you hear it. But here's my thing. I'd rather be extremely conservative about this issue and have no regrets than to be loose and liberal and regret for the rest of my life one decision. How extreme? Think about this. How extreme do you want? Listen to this. Everybody listen. Everybody listen. This really frames what is acceptable and what is not acceptable for a Christian. How extreme do you want your future spouse to be when it comes to setting moral boundaries? You know, everybody is like, well, you know, you know, pastor, I'm grown. I'm doing me. And, you know, I hear I hear what you're saying. But 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 I'm a grown man. I'm a grown woman. I got kids or I'm old enough to be your father. What you going to tell me about that? And this is all I'm going to ask you. Whatever rules you set for yourself, are you okay with those rules for your future spouse? Let's ask the next question. Let's ask the next question because it's really going to get home now. How extreme do you want your children to be when it comes to protecting themselves from sexual temptation? Okay, I solved that problem. I don't want them kissing. Let me go on over here. Let's talk about rules of engagement. Now think of your children. I don't want nobody touching my daughter's behind. I don't want my son fooling with nobody. Oh, it changes now. Why? Because it's my kids. But you can have a different set of boundaries. You want your kids to be chaste and pure, but you're not. See, this is the mindset. Are we okay? 
this is the mindset that we need to embrace. How about, how about your sister, brother? How, how do you want men to treat your sister or your single mama? In the same way. Somebody say the same way. That's the way you ought to treat other women. Well, see, it's amazing how you mishandle somebody else's son, how you mishandle somebody else's daughter, but you can mishandle, oh, Lord. Go on. Go on. Foolish sexual decisions are very hard to recover from. You're looking at one right now. I don't have an Instagram. Y'all got me too. I don't have an Instagram page right now because of this. Can't handle it. Oh, y'all don't want to talk. Matter of fact, there's a website I want to recommend to you at the end of the service. It's called triplexchurch.com. It's not what you think it is. It's actually a bunch of Christian brothers who are trying to defeat the issue of pornography that's going on in the body of Christ and in the world. And one of the things they're recommending because they're watchdogs for various social media sites, they are saying that Instagram and Snapchat should be banned from children. Don't trust them. Instagram is lying about protections. They're lying about this stuff. And yet our children, listen, Lord have mercy. I was on Instagram and I ain't no more. Because I can't handle the Explore engine. Y'all know what I'm talking. The Bible says if your left hand offends you, cut that bad boy off. Oh, Lord. Nothing has stolen more hopes and dreams and dashed more hopes, broken up more families, and messed up more people psychologically than our propensity to disregard God's commands regarding sexual purity. And so it's amazing. You can, like, if you spend money wrong, you can recover from that. Anyway, you can, you can, hey, look, you can file bankruptcy and hit the comeback. You can make dumb decisions in other areas of life and come back. I'm trying to tell you right now, the way that God has designed sexuality, it is nearly impossible. I said nearly. It is nearly impossible to be the exact same person you were until after you had committed whatever sin or whatever compromising decision for the rest of your life. You struggle in this area. Let's go to the next one. Sex is not just physical, and that's why. Oh, brothers. See, I have the kids here today. At some point, we, I can't wait to talk to the married folk of why sex ain't just physical. and I'm not going to yield to temptation. And this, this, this is really one of the reasons why the consequences for sexual decisions are long-lasting. Because it wasn't just a sexual appendage decision that you made. It's your mind, your body, and your soul. <sighs> Go on. Andy Stanley's book, Ask It, he says, our greatest moral regrets are always preceded by a series of what, y'all? It didn't say wrong. See, that's what I'm going to show you. Most of us ended up making where we are regarding this, not because we made a wrong decision, but we made a series of pre-unwise decisions that became wrong decisions. Do we have a church this morning? All right, let's, let's go to the next one here. 1 Corinthians 6. All right, this is, what the, this is what the Bible says. It says, regarding 
sexual immorality, uh, pursue all manner of sensuality and impurity, yet remain faithful to God and your spouse. Next verse. Husbands, gaze upon women in a lustful fashion until your heart is full, but do not touch that which is forbidden. Mm-hmm. First Corinthians 6. Wives, dress in a manner that provokes the lustful passions of men around you, but in your actions remain faithful to your husband. Uh, y'all read this lately? Huh? I'm going to go back on it. All right. No, this is really what 1 Corinthians 6 is. <laughs> See, go on back, go on back, go on back. See, go, go back. No, no, go, go, go to, go, go to uh, um, flee. Go to flee, flee, flee. Go to flee. Right? Pause right here. See, this is how we live. <laughs> this is how we live. I ain't asked you what you thought about the Bible. This is how you live. Regarding sexual immorality, pursue all manner of sensuality. Watch whatever. But be pure. <laughs> oh, this is hard today. I'm telling you. That's like all TV. There's a pastor friend of mine who does not own it, did not own a TV until he got married. Now, do you think one day he's going to be like, man, I regret not ever having a TV? Or if he had one and got caught up in some stuff that he shouldn't have got caught up in, is he going to regret those decisions more? See, if, see, Satan wants us to regret the moment and not consider eternity. And nobody wants to look weird. Nobody, we just want to follow culture and be spiritual. So look at whatever you want, wear whatever you want, but still be holy. But, but this, is, this is what struck me. I never thought I would preach this kind of stuff until after my stuff. Look what the scripture says about sexual immorality. Go, go to the next one. Look what the scripture says. Mm-hmm. One more. One more. That's my fault. I, I, I should have changed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what the Bible says. Going back. That's what the Bible says. Now, it didn't say regarding sex. It didn't say regarding fornication. <laughs> That's all. Listen, especially church folk. Man, like, when I was in school, I really believed that <laughs> if, if I just played on the border... That I was still a virgin. All right, all right, all right, all right. As long as there's no sex. I see the kids, done, somebody done emptied the kids out. I told you they need to hear this. Trust me, trust me. I'm going to show you in a minute why they should have been in here. I'm going to show you in a minute. The scripture does not say pray. I've done that before. I put myself in situations, and I'm saying, Lord, keep me. Lord, Lord, you said, you said that if we call upon you, you will answer. But I was like an ox going to the slaughter. It was too late. What does the scripture say, everybody? It says flee. Oh, now let me break down to you what the Greek word for flee is. Go, go to the next one. Uh, the, the, the Greek word for, for flee means run really, really fast. <laughs> oh, 
The, the Greek word for flee means run, forest, run. <laughs> uh, the Greek word for flee means start booking. Where, where are my old stuff, folks? Are? Huh? <laughs> Go to the next one. Go to the next one. Uh, uh, <laughs> Lord, help me today. Uh, the Bible does not say flirt with sexual immorality. Play with sexual immorality. What does the Bible say? Go to the next one. What's the Bible say? Come on, y'all. Pray with me. The Bible says flee. Somebody say flee. flee. Now, here's the problem. We want everyone we love to do that except us. I want my daughter to flee. I want my son to flee. I want my wife to flee. Okay, y'all looking at me crazy over there. Am I telling the truth? I want, I want, I want the President of the United States to flee. I want everybody around me to flee, but we don't want to flee. Hey, Lord. Why why can't I get nobody to talk back at me? Huh? We want everybody else to flee except us. Go on to the next one. The Bible says what, y'all? All right, now, watch this. Now, now the next verse says, all other, read this, y'all, all other sins a person commits, the, the Bible is telling us, this is why I want you to run from sexual immorality, because all other sins you commit are outside your body. But what the Bible says is, is it says, but whoever sins sexually, see, this is, it's not saying that sexual sin is worse in terms of hell's fire or salvation, it's saying consequences. Somebody say consequences. The consequences of sexual sin are different because whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Watch. Go, go, on, go on to the next one. Do you not know, Lord, that your bodies are what, y'all? Temples of what, y'all? Who is what? Whom you have what? You are not your own, verse 19. The scripture says, you were bought at a price, therefore, honor. Now, okay, so watch this. The Bible says your bodies are temples of what, y'all? Bodies are temples of what? So that when you sexually engage outside of marriage, You are taking the presence of God in an area he can't go. The result of the absence of the presence of God is death, damnation, and destruction. Uh, Okay, let's talk to married folk for a second. When you make love to your spouse... You are literally, there is a clashing of temples. Spirit inside of her and spirit inside of him are united together for one of the highest acts of worship to God that can happen on the planet. So that when you do this outside the confines of marriage, you are literally inviting another spirit to worship when the temples collide. And the consequences, Lord, some of y'all, you're bold enough to say amen, but I'm going to say amen. The consequences of stepping outside of God's will in this area 
are almost nearly impossible to break. I'm talking about your mind and your heart and your feelings and your emotions and your sanity. Anybody ever been someplace where you've been with somebody and something leaps inside of you even though you're done with that person? Soul tie. I got to keep inserting here because people will be tempted to go into shame mode, but the Lord is compassionate. Was it not David? Was it not David that committed sexual sin but cried out unto the Lord and said, create within me a clean heart, O God, but renew the right spirit within me. But nevertheless... David had to deal with the consequences. The rest of his kingship and his life was a result of a one-night stand. Go on, go on. Let's go to the next one. None of us plan to get into trouble. The problem is we don't plan not to. We need to establish, and I'm going to share some stuff in there. We need to establish a plan in here for ourselves, for our marriages, for our children, for our, for our grandchildren. Some of y'all saying, this don't apply to me, Pastor. You don't even know. I, I done lived too long. This, I ain't worried about none of this stuff. Oh, but that mind ain't dead. <laughs> oh, that mind ain't dead. Amen. And the scripture says that that the lust experience is not physical. The Bible says you've sinned, you've committed adultery in your heart. Go on. God created sex. Praise his name. And one of the first things I want to say is, is you know, we, we had a conversation with our kids last night. And, you know, of course, they laughed me to scorn. But the first thing I said to them, I said, let me tell you something. Sex is amazing. I love having sex with your mother. Love it. Did I did I did I curse? What am I am I supposed to not to? If I'm not, then y'all need to pray for our marriage. Oh, Pastor, it amazes me. Nobody wants to talk about it, but everybody's having it. Nobody wants to talk about sex. Everybody's having it. Everybody looking at it. Everybody thinking about it. But God created that thing so that between husband and wife, it was to be a beautiful thing. Amen. Let me go on. Intimacy to sex is like explaining whether the chicken comes first or the egg. Like some people, when they say, I was intimate with them. They're referring to sex. But do you not realize that intimacy precedes sex? Just like the ch- what came first, the chicken or the egg? Huh? Chicken, the egg, we don't know, right? That's how it is with sex. And especially when it pertains, when we violate people in this area. And I'm not talking about rape and stuff. I'm talking about crossing boundaries that God has set We are disrupting into me see on the front end and on the back end. There are some of us that think that we can do stuff and it has no effect on us emotionally, especially us brothers. Impossible. There are some of us can't even lift our hands in worship with a pure mind. 
And there's some of us in here ain't helping folk to lift their hands in worship. What a pure mind. Go on. So we need a wise game plan. And this is where we're going to wrap this thing up. Here's the wise game plan. I want to first talk to married people. All right? Point number one. And just hold before you. Number one, married people. Avoid alone time with the opposite sex. Married people. I know what I'm talking about. Avoid alone time with the opposite sex. I know some of you work in situations where, you know, certain situations kind of call for you to. Uh, did you hear what I said? Avoid alone. Ask Donna Nelson, my secretary. If I am counseling a female, which recently I had to do, and I'm saying I had to do because now that Pastor Johnson is here, I love all of the women in this church with the love of Jesus, but I prefer not to counsel with you by yourself. Not because I don't just trust me, but I don't trust you. No, 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 no. Understand what I'm saying. 80% of all pastoral affairs start in a counseling session. So when I first got to Glenville, they had this big wooden door with no window on it. And they said, counsel. Now there's a glass door in there with blinds that lift up. Now, I will counsel sisters from time to time. But when I do, I tell Donna I'm counseling a sister. I call my wife. And tell her, I met with a sister the other day, and she wanted to meet after work hours. Oh, it wasn't a bad thing. So what I said was is, I said, we're going to meet at Panera Bread. Yeah, yeah, at Panera. Not at my office. Not in my bedroom. <laughs> Married folk, am I, am I talking truth here? Avoid alone time with the opposite sex. Even if you don't do nothing, you create a situation. My mother's an attorney. She specifically deals in the area of EEOC and compliance. And she works for the city of Baltimore where she's always having to deal with cases where people are accused of sexual harassment. And I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters, but especially brothers, once you are accused of sexual harassment, whether you've done anything or not, you're done. It's hard to recover from that kind of accusation. Are y'all hearing the preacher today? What I'm telling you is, is uh, avoid alone. Those of you who, uh, I don't know what your business is. Some of y'all saying this is impractical, Pastor. What I'm telling you is, is if you are married, avoid spending alone time with somebody that's not your, your husband or your wife. Go on. I told you that they ain't going to receive this. Next, married people, talk openly with your spouse about your weaknesses. You are more prone to fall when your spouse is not, doesn't know your struggle. Let me tell you about me and my wife. This is how we got it. And I need it. And so does she. Come on, say amen. My wife got this thing where Saints, look, I got to tell you all this. I am, I love the Lord. I love him. But my wife, we, we be, you know, we'll go somewhere. And you know, brothers, you know how you see somebody. 
Yoga pants is the devil. Amen. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, well, listen. You got to cover. You got to cover your. What, what do they call it? You got to cover that. It, the, the brothers are struggling with the yoga pants. I'm just telling. I'm not saying they're of the devil, but I'm just saying those things are a struggle. Okay. All right. Whatever. Whatever. I know. I know you're mad because I said that. I'm not saying don't wear them. I'm just saying, at least let something drop beneath the derriere. So sometimes me and my wife are somewhere. The Holy, I love the Lord. The Holy Ghost is in me. And, and sometimes, you know, somebody walk by and they bad. You know what I'm saying? And my wife would be like, you think she's fine, don't you? Now, the first time she said that to me, the first time she said that to me, I said, whoa. I said, no, nah, no, nah, she ain't fine. What you talking about, her? She ugly. But... But, but, but watch this now. What we have now is she has now entered my world. I have entered hers. And that's a moment of accountability. I can't turn around and look now. Well, all the men know what I'm talking about in here. I got to. Oh, Lord, why is it? Why y'all acting like y'all don't know? Talk openly with your spouse about your weaknesses. Honey, there's, a, there's, a, there's, 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 there's this brother on the job. Okay, don't do it. I'm telling you, I would rather have open conversation and avoid an affair or a bad decision than to have secrets and end up making the worst decision of my life where my family is messed up, my children don't honor me anymore. Go on. Gone. Don't confide in or counsel with people of the opposite sex. Married people. My best. That's my best friend. No, listen, I'm not. I'm not mad at that. But your wife. She needs to be engaged in that too. Your husband needs to be acquainted with the, the depths of your relationship as well. And don't be going to your best friends talking about your spouse. I'm talking about of the opposite sex. Do you, do you find what I'm saying? Like it's not kind of it's kind of inappropriate for me to be talking to another sister about my wife. That's man. Lord, I don't know what's going on in here today. Am I preaching the truth? I know these ain't Bible texts, but is this, is this wisdom? Fifty percent of all marriages have suffered an affair. And that's the folks that's telling the truth on the, on the studies. Go on, go on to the next one. Uh, married people, when you feel your heart or feelings drifting toward another person, tell somebody. Now listen, you may not be able to tell your spouse because they may not be able to handle it. But brother, find a brother and say, look, man, this, this sister is here. Oh, this thing is tough, man. Pray with me. Not, 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 I'm not talking about Pookie. The one that's going to be like, oh, for real? You, mar you married, let me holler. 
No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, listen, brothers, if you don't have a spiritual brother in your life, you dead. Because it's hard out here in them streets. Come on, say amen. Huh? Sisters, same thing. You need a sister to confide in. When, when your husband is not pouring into your life the way you need him to. Do you have a praying sister that you can say there's this brother on the job and he's everything that my husband is not? Pray my strength in the Lord. I'm trying to help somebody today. I don't, go to the next one. Go to the next one. Single people, because that's the majority. Single people. Gouge your eyes out with a spoon. Amen. Praise God. That's it. Single, pe- single people, this is the solution. Take your eyes out right now and be saved. All right, okay, I'm joking. That's not really a point. But here, here's my point, though. Here's my point. Avoid alone time with people of the opposite sex. Well, pastor, how am I going to date them? Publicly? Okay. FaceTime. I, I want to be careful here. I, I, am, I am emphasizing extremes because we're living in the extreme. Almost all single young adults are having sex outside of marriage. All of them. And so, and, 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 then you, and then you begin to think of, you know, some of us have been with this one, broke up, been with that one, broke up, been with this one, broke up, been with this one, broke up. Been, and then you get married, you get married, and your bedroom is a struggle because comparisons begin to come in. How they did it. And your mind, your mind cannot even prop. Oh, Lord. Uh, let, let me go on. Let me go on. Because I know that's a struggle for the young adults. They're trying to figure out, I'm grown. They can come to my house anytime they want to. This is what I mean. You ain't eight years old. I'm going to go have a pajama party. Who's coming over? Just you, baby. We're going to watch War Room. <laughs> We're going to watch War Room and, and pray. P-R-E-Y. Amen. By the way, you need to get, you need to get Devon Franklin and, uh, yeah, I'm just pretending. I know her name. <laughs> you, you need to get Devon. I just want my wife to, you know. What's that girl's name again? Oh, Megan Good. Yeah. You need to get Devon Franklin and Megan Good's latest book, The Weight. Devon and Megan in this book chronicle how they did not know each other before they got married. That's that's why you couldn't have Megan Good, brother. (laughs) You got to read their book. I don't have time to talk about all of it today. But they talk about, how, and they had some very strict rules for themselves in order to protect the best thing that God had for them. 
Are y'all with me here today? Y'all know who Devon is, right? Devon Franklin and Megan Good. If you're a single young adult, you got to get that book, The Weight. All right. No sleepovers. Uh, no need to explain that. I don't care how grown you are. I don't care if you're 75. If you're 75, that means you got grandchildren, and you're telling your grandchildren that when you start dating, this is okay. Y'all must be more spiritual than I am. Brothers and sisters, this right here is a setup for struggle. It's hard out in these streets. I'm trying to tell you, this is not the way to help yourself to remain pure. See, our thing is, though, we don't, see, like, we, we taught abstinence, but we didn't teach purity. Like, you, you, you teaching don't penetrate, but your mind got penetrated with some stuff. And, and, and the only reason why I have to talk about this is because of the consequences of making one, sleeping with the wrong person. Looking, looking at porn one time. Look, you can have studied scripture your whole life. You see one porn video and it will be indelibly imprinted on your mind for the rest of your life. God says, flee from this thing. Go on. Another one, take a relationship break. If you are heavily involved with somebody, especially very intimately, and you've broken up with them, I strongly suggest you take a year. It ain't in the Bible. This is just my advice to you. You need to take at least a year to process yourself. Know who you are. Recover. Recover from... Lord, I can't get nobody. But I, you see, your, your desire to want somebody will be cloud your judgment. You need to know. This is just a recommendation. You don't got to follow my plan. But I'm just telling you, that's what I did. I had to get my mind right. See, when your mind, when your mind jacked up, you're going to take anything. And they're going to look like Adam. But they had a spirit of Lucifer. I'm tired of people saying to me, Pastor, I didn't know that they was going to be like this. The Holy Spirit was giving you red flags left and right. But see, when you get intimate with somebody too soon, it immediately removes your ability to discern what is the best decision for your life. Go on. Thanks, Willie. Bless you, man. Oh, hold up. Go back and give me some volume. Now, this is for parents. I want to show you this video. Got volume now? Let's go. What do you say? Thanks. I think Daddy has another gift for you. What is it? You'll see. Really? I thought we were going to wait until next year. I think he's ready. Oh, it's the new one. You are going to love that thing, guy. Besides, he's the only kid in his class without one. Ma, Ma, it's the new one. Oh, Mom. Dad, can I use it right now? Son, you can use that whenever you want. Thanks, Dad. I love you, kiddo. Go have fun with your phone. Come on, guys. Okay, so I'm going to talk to parents now. And again, I'm just saying, I can't, I have to end. Um, it's 2.10. Two, it's I need to end. But here's the thing. Like, please go check out the church sex series that I did in 2012 on our website. 
and you can hear more information about it. I'm going to have to do something special at some point just for parents alone because the game has changed with these devices that we are allowing to parent our children. So y'all got the video. By giving the kid the phone, he's basically giving the kid access to porn. The average kid sees porn in and around or before 11 years old. If, I'm just telling you now, if your kid is 11, they saw it. They saw it. We saw it earlier than that. When I was a kid, magazines laying around. Now you have predatorial pornography that targets certain age groups. That's why I told you that Instagram, the, um, like there's certain, like Instagram, Snapchat, some of those things, you need to get you some family. Now this is for extreme people who want to protect their children from making costly decisions with their lives that can ruin them the rest of their lives. I know what I'm talking about. I got a family member who is a registered sex offender now because of one bad decision. They're not a freak. They're not, they're not, they're not a pedophile. But one wrong decision now places them where they can't work. And this stuff starts a child. So we, everybody now, the whole culture says that your kids should have a device. And what I'm seeing now is that we're getting the devices younger and younger. And not to mention, we're just talking about immorality today, but you also have to consider that a lot of research is showing that time spent on these devices increases what they are calling digital dementia. Digital dementia is another word for ADHD, attention deficit. There are other issues, lack of social skills. Some of your kids are very intellectual and social. They send all kind of emojis and pictures and warm, fuzzy hearts and, and kitty cats and all kind of stuff to each other. But then when they put the device down, they can't even have a, a real conversation. But especially with respect from an ex-porn addict, please hear me on this, especially with these devices. I want to give you some suggestions as parents of what to do with these devices. Go to the next one. Number one, the earlier the better. Because of these devices now, because of mass media, you can't wait till they're 13, 14, 18 years old before you start talking about sex. Contextually, you got to bring it up earlier than before because if you don't, somebody's going to beat you to it. <laughs> I can't tell you where I learned about sex from. <laughs> oh, Lord, help us. And, and so what happens is, and here's my definition of perversion, a perverted person. A perverted person is a person that when they hear sex or think about sex, the first thing that comes to their mind is not God. So we all perverted. Nobody wants to be called a perv, though, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I'm just saying from a biblical perspective, when you hear what God created, your first thought should be God. But instead, our minds are all messed up about this thing. So what I'm suggesting for parents is you need to begin to have this conversation earlier. You need to start warning them about the, about the predators that are on. I mean, you got, you got uh, kick and all this stuff, Snapchat. You need to know that. Go to the next one. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me go, go to the next one. Next rule. Set limits. Set limits. Go to the next one. Let me show you what some of the limits uh, I'm recommending. Oh, is it froze? Okay. All right. The American Academy of Pediatrics and the, and the Canadian Society of Pediatrics state, infants aged 0 to 2 years old should not have any exposure to technology. Some of us as babies, we got, I see them. They got them in their hand. They already know what they're doing. They should not be exposed to that for neurological reasons. 
Next. Uh, where am I? Where am I? Okay. Three to five years should be restricted to one hour per day. Some of us way past that now. All right. Uh, just this is a word. Ye, ye, uh, um, uh, should be, uh, okay. Um, and uh, no, I say one hour per day, right? And six to 18 years should be restricted to two hours per day. Oh, Lord. All this is saying is, is that your engagement with their use of technology must increase. They got to have controls. The bottom line is this. If they have a device, they've done seen porn. They have. Go on. Next one. Collect devices. We have this thing where we try to do when we remember in my house, and that's at the, the kids at night, they're not going to bed with these. That's like giving the kid a porn magazine and saying, good night. Oh, forget the porn. These kids are making porn tapes now. The tweets and, I mean, the texting that they engage in is pornographic and crosses the line. What did old school folk at back in the day who used to fall asleep on the phone with your girl because you'd be on the phone all night and you would be talking dirty on the phone, but you wouldn't know what to say because you didn't know whether your parents was going to pick up the phone and listen in on your conversation? Oh, let me go on over here. Anybody over here from the 80s and 90s used to have your parents pick up the phone? And if they push star, was it star something? You would, they wouldn't, you wouldn't know that they picked up. Oh, the, my, my father busted me many a time saying stuff I had. But now you don't have that. You don't know what they did. Listen, my wife be all in my kids' devices. She know everybody they talk to, and we know when they deleted something. Next, collect devices. Next, check the device. Every day, check that bad boy. Next. Use software controls. Control softwares. Let me give you some suggestions. Take a picture of this on the screen. Go to the next one. Take a picture of the. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. Uh, it's coming. But let me just let me just lay this out. So real quick, parents. Number one, you have to model healthy usage of the phone. You can't be be like you can't be like you know get off your phone or your tablet and you on it all day. You got to set limits on these things. Number two, establish unplugged time frames. In other words, in your home, there should be times where there is nobody on the device. When you sit down for dinner, ain't nobody on there. All right? Number three, use parent controls. Number four, which means you're going to have to figure out a little something about that phone other than texting to some of my old heads. <laughs> Number four, talk to kids about the risks. Number five, obtain your kids' passwords. There's some folks here who don't even know their kids' passwords to their phones. My kids be trying to change it up all the time, but I'd be like, you, if, on, on fear of death, you better tell me what that code is. <laughs> Obtain passwords. We got to get engaged. Come on, say amen. Next one. Next one. Number six, encourage other activities. Go outside. Get off that video game. Some of y'all, some of y'all, your whole thing is leave me alone. Go get on your phone. Leave me alone. Go play your game. No. Number seven, don't allow alone time with devices. But they're playing games. You don't know that. Go on. Get ready to come, Willie. Here's some of the risks. Child pornography is a felony. 
You know there are kids getting in trouble for sending naked pictures to each other? Yep. I see Shelly sitting right over there. She works over at the Taj Mahal, the Justice Center. She knows what I'm talking about. You're getting legal trouble for that. Sexting is a felony. One decision, this is, we're, we're teaching people how to be foolproof. Go ahead and play. One decision can ruin your life. Register minimum of 10 years, depending on that felony. Go on to the next one. Take a picture of this, parents. I highly recommend this website. It's called triplexchurch.com. And there are several articles and blogs and other tools. Oh, you need that, you need that picture, don't you? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, get a picture. Don't be ashamed to take the picture. Somebody like, I don't want to take the picture. I don't want to take it. No, listen, I'll take it for you. <laughs> take the picture. There's some good, even if it's not for you, for somebody else. Amen. This, there's great information here on the how-tos and how you can implement and stuff you need to look out for and new apps on the horizon that have not passed various checks. Next one. Another one, go to this site here, iParent.tv, iParent.tv if you have children, grandchildren. I see some of us, our grandchildren, I mean, that folk just, and what they're saying now is, is an over-obsession with technology is naturally an end result in pornography and sexual deviancy. Let me, let me share, let me throw one more thing out. The highest number of ED erectile dysfunction, their finding is not in old men. It's in men under 40. The culprit? Pornography. When I'm telling you, the scripture says every other sin, every other sin, every other sin is, again, is outside the body. Listen, let, let, let your pastor tell you. God is a deliverer. When I, I stand here today because I could have gone down a road of no return, but I praise the name of Jesus that I listened to counsel, that I was able to see the power of God transform my life and my mind. The reason why I'm preaching this today is because I'm begging you. I know it sounds old school. I know it sounds strict, but I'm telling you, wouldn't you rather live a life with no regrets and, and get God's best for your life and not settle Ninety percent of eight to sixteen years old have viewed pornography online while on their phones. Eighty-nine percent of sexual solicitations of youth is made in chat rooms. Forty percent, nearly forty percent of all teenagers have posted or sent sexually suggestive materials. Seventy percent of teens aged thirteen to seventeen now use smartphones. It's all here. We need to pray. Flee. The Bible says flee. Flee, 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 